this episode in interactive robotic dress equipped with sensors and mechanic limbs that protects the wearer and attacks upon personal approach. What? 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 <laughs> Good game movies? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Last of Us? Now we have this incredible D&D movie. What's happening? Are we getting ready for intergalactic war? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sisters Processing. 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 Uh, where we talk about tech, life, tech life, whatever that is. Uh, I am Ariel, also known as Never Skip Game Day and a wandering orc. And I'm Danny Dutch, also known as Danny Dutch TV. And today in this episode, we will be deep diving into technology and fashion our main topic for the day so we'll be getting into some ai ar vr all the acronyms but before we get into that it's time for tech news and reviews this is the time when we kind of just sort of dip into whatever technology is interesting uh, to us at this time (laughs) and also just whatever just anything movies anything we've seen just catching up Danny, is there uh, anything on your technological mind? Yes. Well, I'm going to start with a screen review. So (laughs) I went to the movie theater for the first time in ages last week, and I saw Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yes. I know. Yes. (laughs) I know that you went and saw it. Was it last night? Two nights ago? Yeah. What did you think of the movie? And this will be a spoiler-free discussion, by the way. I freaking loved it. Yes. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also had the lead actor from Bridgerton season one in it. What is his name? Uh, Regé Jean. I, I, I'm really bad at pronunciation. Um, so anyway, it had the lead actor from season one mm. of Bridgerton in it. And he played one of the, like, my favorite roles possibly ever. Sounds lovely. Quite the opposite. I know I was being ironic. I find irony is a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially. You're not a lot of fun, are you? I don't know. He was so good. He played the paladin. Mm-hmm. But I won't say anything else. But <laughs> Yeah, I... you know what? It was a very star-studded cast. It was yeah. uh, Chris Pine. It was... Hugh Grant. Yep, Hugh Grant was in it. I was actually surprised. I didn't know that it had so many big actors in it. I didn't either. I think I knew about Chris Pine, who I always want to call Chris Pratt. I get my I know, me too. That's why I tear. Oh, it's not just me. That's why I had to think about it for a second. There's a lot of Chris's in Hollywood. Yeah, I always get really terribly confused. Chris or no, I'm constantly mixing up names and stuff. Mm, So (laughs) I may do that on occasion. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, uh, all the actors, I thought, just absolutely killed it. And I had no expectations going into this movie. None whatsoever. I thought it was going to be a cheesy, you know, game movie that was just a pretty quick cash grab. I didn't watch any previews on it, anything like that. And I just immediately, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It's one of my favorite movies that I've seen in the past I know five years easily. And it's, it was so clever. It was so clever. The writing was so good and the comedy was actually funny. And I'm so picky about that too. 
So I was I know. very well, impressed. Well, you've written comedy before, so I understand why you would be picky about it. <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. Uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I loved it from like the moment it got going. It just, it flowed so well. It was written so well. The jokes felt unique. All the things they were doing actually felt unique, which is impressive mm-hmm. for a fantasy film yeah. coming out in 2023. <laughs> so, and I will say that as someone who's never played Dungeons and Dragons, I've never been a part of that world. It still made, I, I still felt like I knew what was going on, but as someone who has played it, or has at least been, you've played it, right? I have. I've played a lot of it. Actually. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. as someone who has played it, did you have any special opinions about that aspect of the movie? I thought they did a fantastic job. There were so many Easter eggs in it that were like meant for role players, but they never, they did. I, I agree with you. I'm really glad that you were able to enjoy it too, because they did things that I thought were very, very clever. So they're is and I believe it's probably in the trailers it's a pretty big part of the movie but there's an owlbear oh yeah the movie so I'm not trying to spoil anything but um get this big white feathery owlbear and uh and so I knew what it was right away and I was like oh owlbear but they took a moment just a moment for the person to be like what is that again and they're like oh owlbear so like I feel like the things that they put in there they made it so that anybody could enjoy it Mm -hmm. but they also had so many little things um that I, I feel like I don't want to say because I feel like I will spoil it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but just that if you have, if you are familiar with the D&D franchise, if you've played with your friends, if you've, if you've rolled a character, if you have a really special set of dice that you can never replace because you might accidentally cause them to never be lucky for you again, um, if you know what I'm talking about, you will <laughs> probably enjoy this movie. <laughs> oh, love it. Even as someone who's not a part of the fandom, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a really quality movie and I loved the experience of seeing it in theaters. So definitely recommend if you're into fantasy or comedy or just good movies. Yeah, I got to say I'm really excited at this sort of modern swing of things where we're getting good game movies Mm -hmm. like uh, like last of us uh, i know it's a tv show but i thought it was a brilliant adaptation of the game Mm -hmm. and then now we have this incredible D &D movie what's happening now how are we getting good nerd things you know what's even crazier is how long it took them to get it right (laughs) that's actually really fair (laughs) (laughs) they're finally doing it right and it's you know maybe before it was more of just a cash grab for them and now people that are actually passionate about these games are getting the rights to it and finding the opportunities to produce it. That's the only explanation I have for why now I these are good that. and it wasn't before. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. They And also, I think there was previously a mentality among sort of nerd or fandom things where people would write them off and be like, oh, that's just like niche. That's not really that important. It's okay if it fails. And now it seems like they don't wanted to fail yeah (laughs) you know it's it's almost a difference like a shifting in mentality but I definitely would love to see more D&D movies come out also in movie news or somewhat movie related um it was announced recently that Netflix is going to stop shipping DVDs after 25 years of shipping those little red envelopes and when I read this story my first thought was they're still shipping DVDs. That was exactly what I just thought. 
I did not know about this, but also I thought they'd stopped doing that like five years ago or yeah. six years ago. I did not realize they were still shipping DVDs. Nope. They're, so. they're still going. Someone still has a DVD player out there and they're still watching it. Man. <laughs> In their defense, I know that, you know, PlayStations and uh, computers, they all have disc players that could play these. But it just took me by surprise because everything is so streaming focused these days. Yeah, uh, sometimes I forget that the analog still exists. Yeah. But. <laughs> so that was just a quick little story, but I thought it was kind of funny. And I like that one. <laughs> yeah. And then into some more AI-focused news. Uh, we've talked a lot recently about ChatGPT and just AI and everything that it's been capable of. And recently, Elon Musk and some artificial intelligence experts, they all came together and they uh, kind of uh, petitioned a pause on AI so that we can better assess what impact this is actually going to have on our community, on our future, and prevent any major catastrophes from occurring. This would pause things like ChatGPT. Elon Musk also recently announced that he's going to be launching Truth GPT, his own version of ChatGPT. <laughs> so he's calling for a pause on these technologies, but also uh-huh. developing his own technologies. So I think the pause potentially could just be so he can catch up and make a little money <laughs> in the game. I, I'm going to say you're probably right on that. Let's also not forget that the self-driving technology, I believe, is driven by machine learning, which is uh-huh. a form of AI. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Are they going to stop that? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the key features of their car. And I also believe that ship has well sailed. I think stopping AI right now, I think it's more important to start legislating like privacy things or something mm-hmm. like uh, rather than stopping AI, a lot of people are already using them to make their jobs a little easier and things like that. I don't know. I think calling for a halt on AI, I don't think will do much in the sense that what, what are they planning on doing? If are they, are they asking, are they actually offering a plan out of this? Like let's stop it and let's discuss. And these are the things that we need to completely address like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's the idea is they have a list of concerns. They're saying, let's pause this, talk about the concerns. You know, at what point, though, would they resume anything? I think that's my problem with it because uh, I don't have a lot of faith in people to get things done. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so... I think you're right that the cat's already out of the bag and that cat's not going back in the bag. The AI cat is here to stay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to be uh this isn't supposed to be a hot take but i do take things that elon musk says with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. because in the past some of them have been you know he has his ups and downs he does he does i think he's a really intelligent person but i think he's also very flawed and i also think that he (laughs) way of saying it (laughs) you know i think he does care on some level about the greater good but he also does care about money so he's got all these conflicting things going on so it's i have very conflicting feelings about him as well so yeah i i do think that ai has a lot of issues um maybe in in his defense Maybe he's developing this because he knows that there won't be a pause to AI. So hmm. 
no one's actually going to, to follow through on a pause and talk about these issues before it keeps going. So maybe in his eyes, he wants to, to he wants to develop this to make the best product that actually addresses those issues. So, Mm. you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say what's in anyone's mind. I just thought it was kind of funny in in that it was so contradictory. Oh yeah. That's definitely, that's a, isn't it ironic? (laughs) Like that's definitely one of those things. Yeah. But let us know. What do you think about this? Do you think he's got good intentions and he wants to beat the race so that he can put out a good ethical product or do you think that this is a cash grab let us know yeah i think it might be possible that ai is the new sort of tech boom Mm -hmm. you know it's the new i've heard people say that that it is the it's the next big thing in money oh absolutely (laughs) yeah so i think there could possibly be some self (laughs) directed financial gain listen i'm sure i'm sure the money doesn't hurt you know yeah i'm sure that doesn't hurt his completely altruistic except for the money (laughs) yeah Uh, we'll see we'll see what happens all right and i think that's about it for our tech news and reviews so if you are enjoying sisters processing you know please like rate us five stars give us that thumbs up subscribe you know new episodes every tuesday at 5 a.m eastern time as long as we don't have any technological issues, but we are still only on episode, what? Five. five. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and also, you know, if you're down, you know, leave us a comment. We love hearing from you and also love answering follow-up questions at the end of each episode. That is super fun. So feel free to send those in. Love those. And now it is time. It is time. It's time. For our main topic. Tech in fashion. Fashion tech. And I'm going to put on my... I'm going to put on my Yar Pirate glasses here. <laughs> you, okay, so for the audio listeners, she oh, just put on sunglasses with a pirate logo printed on the lens. <laughs> where did you get those? Oh, where did I get them? Oh, darling. You must know that this is the name brand of, I have no idea. I got them years <laughs> ago on Amazon. Oh, and Amazon. Uh, they're actually completely opaque. They just have like a whole bunch of little holes in them. <laughs> beautiful they're they're extra fashion so they have jolly rogers printed really large across the lenses because i only uh do the coolest things yeah well i mean i this is the first for me i think you're starting a new trend here so you've seen it first (laughs) to kick off our future in fashion segment this is the future of fashion you may not like it but this is what it looks like On that note, we have a few different pieces of fashion that we're going to get into today. Oh, you're not going to wear them the whole time? <laughs> I, I was going to. They get me really excited and I dropped my headphone and I <laughs> can't hear you when that happens. You know, those glasses almost looked like they could have been 3D printed. <gasps> Do they now? Wouldn't that be a cool technology to have? <laughs> Very smooth segue into 3D printing, which is a technology. Um, essentially, you create a design on the computer and you send it to the printer and it just comes out with this 3D object. So this is actually a technology that's being used more and more in fashion. Some companies using it, Nike, to make midsoles for their shoes. Victoria's Secret is using it in lingerie on their the runway shows, apparently. Um, and also mm. NASA is using it to make chain mail for their astronauts. And oh I, I just have to ask you, 
What do you think the chainmail is for? You know, I actually never knew that astronauts wore chainmail. This is neither new to me. I can only assume that it is there to protect the astronauts from space fashion police. <laughs> you go out into space and you are wearing your chain mail and everyone's, you know, everything's hunky-dory. But if you go out there without your chain mail, uh-uh. Mm. Like, you either have to have these glasses with a giant Jolly Roger printed on them. Yep. Or you have to have your space chain mail. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. I, I mean, when I heard that, I thought, are we getting ready for intergalactic war? Is that what's very, going on? Like, are we or are we getting into you know how we're all gonna colonize mars and these objectives will there be some sort of space olympics where it's you know we we are jousting against each other on rockets in space and you need to wear chain mail one can only hope (laughs) my word we're gonna start it off right is what we're gonna do (laughs) yeah it really makes the imagination run wild i must say um but I just, I just had to throw that out there. So a lot of companies are using this technology already. One of the benefits of 3D printing is that it can help alleviate fast fashion and problems with that. Fast fashion being inexpensive clothing that is produced rapidly by these mass market retailers to capitalize on the latest trends. It's usually something that comes and goes and people, you know, they wear it for a week or a month and then they throw it away, right? So... The issues with that are obviously because of mostly environmental impact um, and regular tailoring methods. 15 to 30 percent of fabric is wasted. An estimated 20 percent of overall water pollution comes from the textile industry and 11.1 million tons of textiles were thrown into landfills in 2017. So just a few statistics there around fast fashion, why this is bad. 3D printing can actually help with this because companies don't necessarily need to buy in wholesale. They don't need to buy more than they need to produce. So they can print the exact amount of product that they actually need for the customers. Um, There's also, you know, you can customize a little bit better with 3D printing. So there's just minimal waste involved. They also mentioned more recyclable materials and better materials that are a little more environmentally friendly. So definitely some benefits um, involved in this 3D printing. But what do you think about all that? Do you think 3D printing is going to be the way of the future? Do you think people are going to be more uh, drawn to traditional methods of fashion? I do think 3D printing in some way or shape or form will be the way of like a lot of industries. The way that things go, you can sort of custom print something on site. Maybe we'll be able to even custom print our own clothes at home. At some point. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be. You could customize your measurements and just get it custom fitted to everyone. I think one of the coolest things about this, and I didn't, I hadn't really looked into 3D printing and fashion before you brought it up just now, but I think one of the neatest things you were talking about, like the waste in the fast fashion industry. I watched a video on it probably about a year ago, so I can't say what the video was from. It's some big YouTuber. But uh, they were talking about fast fashion and how generally whenever the textiles are made and the clothes are made, it actually also gets transported to something like several different countries, like up to 10 kind of thing. And it just somebody's sewing on buttons and somebody else is making the fabric. And so that's where a lot of the waste comes from. So I think 3D printing the actual like materials and everything could really 
like clean that bit up Mm -hmm. and affect our environment and climate a lot less. And so that is, that's pretty thrilling. I like that. Um, I suppose then as far as like home 3D printing your clothes and stuff, which would be super cool. Yeah. We'll just have to focus on getting like, you know, there's an accessibility to that and it will happen. I think. Have you ever heard of the software Marvelous Designer? I have not. Okay. It is actually something that I've used in a professional capacity at jobs in the past. And it is a a digital clothing design program where you essentially make, you have a 3D model of a, a human and you build the clothes onto that model. And then currently the way that Marvelous Designer is you can actually print out the patterns and they're like real life patterns and then you can make your fashion happen in reality. Uh, But I would love to be able to do that. Like Mm -hmm. just design whatever you want in Marvelous Designer or um, I think Clo3D is another one, but I haven't used that one, but I have used Marvelous. Uh, And just print your clothes out. Yeah. It would be so cool. So cool. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I'm into that. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually excited about this one. A lot of these technologies, I get very down into the dark side of it. But this one, I, <laughs> I'm actually struggling to see the dark sides of it because, uh, you know, I think I'd probably cut back on some sweatshop situations in these fast fashion mass production companies that they tend to gravitate towards, you know, the cheapest available options for them. And that doesn't always... Mm-hmm include the best working conditions for their employees so I think I would cut back on that I think I would cut back on waste I think Mm -hmm. I would have a lot of fun designing my own clothes (laughs) win 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 yep it seems just uh up and up and up like I'm I'm into it yeah (laughs) this next one is kind of around the same idea just materials and updates to that so um they're actually developing a lot of smart fabrics that recognize what you put on it so when I say that (laughs) what is the first thing that comes to mind because I first saw this headline and Uh it was basically just that and it was it showed a a video of a cloth and people putting like apples on it and oranges on it I was like what is the purpose of this technology like putting real apples and oranges yeah so then the fabric could tell you oh that's an apple (laughs) Oh, um, I think the, I wonder what, I feel like that could be used in maybe accessibility, possibly, like if somebody could wear maybe a wrist strap or something and then like touch it to something and it could tell them what it was. I, Mm. otherwise, I don't actually know what the purpose (laughs) of this would be unless it can like make patterns and stuff out of things like live or something like what, speak to me tell me what is happening well that was a really great guess that's better than any guess that I had um I dug a little bit deeper into it found another article and apparently Microsoft is one of the companies investing in this kind of technology so they've actually patented a fabric that goes in jeans pockets pockets of jeans to detect Mm -hmm. what's in there so you could check you know did you leave your phone at home did you leave your hand sanitizer at home? These were examples from the article. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, or you could even use a gesture from your pants pocket <laughs> to, oh, oh. to open a command <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> Is that smart fabric in your pocket? Or? <laughs> yeah, just happy to see me. 
yeah. So it would be able to tell you if it was a banana. It would. It would. Or a rocket. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, hopefully those are included in the the AI because that's important to know. Um, But it's just kind of funny. It's it's like such a silly little thing. I guess it would probably go to, you know, your smartwatch or something and be like, you left your phone at home. It's not in your pocket. Yeah, those are, (laughs) you know what? I hope that if they do it, they do it better than like the iPad left behind message. Mm. If anybody's ever gotten that. And I'm always getting it on my phone. It's like your iPad has been left behind. And I'm like, yeah, I meant to do that. Or or it will be in my backpack and it just doesn't realize it. And it's like your iPad has been left behind. And like, it's right here. Yeah, it's right. It's right there. And it freaks me out because I'm like, where is it? Where's my iPad? And I'm like, oh, there it is. So maybe I need to stuff smart material in my backpack so that when it says your iPad has been left behind and then I'll be like, oh, smart material and just like ping that. And it's like, no, I'm touching it. Your iPad's right here. It's amazing. <laughs> your iPad is perfect. It's amazing. Just so. warfare between all your accessories. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to be like, oh, you know, phone, uh, the smart material was right and you weren't. <laughs> like, yeah, well, smart material isn't as fun and plastic and bulky as I am. I'm just going to have like little little wars between themselves so. oh it's getting complicated the social complexities of the technology <laughs> this is why this is why we need to pause ai this is the real reason we're gonna write another letter <laughs> we're gonna send it to elon yeah. musk yeah um tell him he was right because of smart materials versus phones. <laughs> yeah I, I just thought that was a fun little story it's kind of one of those I would have never thought to do this, not in a million years. So I wonder what inspired this, and I wonder what's going to come from it. We'll just have to see. I I like it as a concept, again, mostly in terms of, like, accessibility, like uh, just helping people figure out things that maybe they might not be able to figure out just, like, really quickly. But um, – I don't know. It's it is it does seem like a weird thing though, like in general. Yeah, I will say so. if I had these jeans, I would be constantly compulsed to test it out on every object that I see. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you be tempted to try to fit things in there that didn't fit in your pocket? Just to see if it worked. 100%. Would you put I would put ice cream in my pocket. Would you put <laughs> ice cream in your pocket just to see? <laughs> I would. I would. I would probably break yeah. the technology in the process, but I think yeah. it'd be worth it. I think it'd be worth it too. And oh, there's so many little soup. things that you could do. Oh, soup. <laughs> you got to put soup, the stew that you made for the week that you were going to eat for work, you're going to go hungry because that's going in your pocket. <laughs> it is like, indeed. Um, feathers, yeah. you know, the possibilities are truly endless. Uh, yeah, I feel like. What if you put like a whole bunch of strands of hair? I don't know. Just like lump it together and just put some hair in your pocket. <laughs> See how that goes. Where are you getting the hair? It's undisclosed. Un- okay. Undisclosed location. You know, maybe like, what if you put some some like teeth in there? Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta put some teeth. Teeth. <laughs> some and hair. Some fingers. Yeah. Um. Um. We we talked about uh really. Uh, ancient, I'll call them ancient, but it wasn't. It was just like whenever fingerprints were new. 
uh, and people carving off their their fingertips. Mm. See if you can get a hand, like if you can get a hand <laughs> on like some of those, and pop those in your pocket with it. Just see when the material starts to worry. Mm. Yes, see when it starts to get the most concerned about the contents of your pocket. Also, we're not recommending to do this. Just it's a fun thought for some reason. It is. So. It is a fun thought. It's also. It's kind of funny to think about your genes exposing you. You know, in that case, yeah. maybe it would contact yeah. the police. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe if you're out- I kind of hope it would. <laughs> or maybe if you're out on a date and you put something really weird in your pocket and it, like, pops yeah. up on your phone and your date sees it, it could just yeah. out you about something crazy, yeah. you know? It's just kind of funny. know that you take your plants from home and put them in your pocket. And then your date's like, huh. That's a little weird. You bring your plants with you. And if they're a plant person, man, you have a partner for life. And if they're not, well, you didn't want to be with them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Never change. Gonna, never gonna, change. Yeah. N- never change. It's going to help you You're in that perfect. regard. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving on from smart jeans, uh, we're going to move on to smart dresses. Smart Ooh. fashion. High fashion. There is smart. a Dutch fashion tech designer. Anouk Wiprecht. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. My I could not tell you. <laughs> Danny Dutch and my name is a little bit deceiving. I do not speak Dutch. I just have some of it in my DNA. Probably. I need to take a test. But <laughs> use your spirit. Use your spirit to pronounce the name. Okay. This won't yeah. be offensive. <laughs> Listen to your spirit. <laughs> Anouk Wiprecht. That's pretty good, I, like I think. It. As someone who might also possibly have have Dutch in their DNA, then I I like it. I approve. Thank you. I, and that's that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this designer, she's well known for designing fashion that's very heavily incorporated into tech. And I actually, you know, I think a lot of fashion these days does crazy things for the sake of doing crazy things. So. It'll be excessive over the top and just, you know, maybe really ugly, maybe really ridiculous just for the sake of being that. Yeah, who would ever? <laughs> Don't put on your who, pirate sunglasses. Who, who would ever get fashion that has no real purpose? <laughs> Don't shame those glasses like that. They deserve better. You're right. They do. <laughs> You're right, they do. All right. I'm taking the glasses off because I have, I, I'm not worthy. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I do think what this designer is doing is actually really cool. And I was really excited when I saw her designs, which I don't tend to feel towards fashion. Um, obviously if you're watching any of these videos, don't really care about fashion much. She's wearing a sleek white shirt. Classic (laughs) fashion. It's actually a dress technically, but you only see white dress. (laughs) Fashion, 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 fashion. I picked out a couple of her designs to explain to you and to the audience because I think these are the coolest ones. Uh, So this first one is called the spider dress. Ooh. So it is an interactive robotic dress equipped with sensors and mechanic limbs that protects the wearer and attacks upon personal approach. So (laughs) what? 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 Yeah. So it is, um, it, You know, envision a spider with its eight legs, and Uh it's basically that on the dress made of metal. So you have all these little legs on the dress, and 
if you get too close to it, it might attack you. Whoa. <laughs> and this is going to be like people with arachnophobia. It's, gonna, it's like their nightmare. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly people are the spiders. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But when I, when I saw that, I thought, I need that. I need that in my life. Don't get too close oh, wow. to me. Well, you're only describing it, and I might need it in my life. Yeah. Oh, wait till you see the pictures. I'll put them. What happens when you put a spider dress in the smart pocket? (gasps) Attack. It'll attack, I think. It might might attack. I think it would attack. Yeah. But sorry, please continue. Okay. So (laughs) the other dress that I wanted to highlight is called the pangolin dress, right? (gasps) Do you know what that is? I think, aren't pangolins, like, the little... Okay, I'm just going to guess here and I might be wrong. Are they little mammals with like the four cute feet in the long snout? Is that what a penguin is? Also, my description was so vague <laughs> that I feel like it could fit <laughs> most of the, the animal kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, yes, it is what you're describing. It kind of looks like a little armadillo, right? Okay. All right. So it is what I thought. It, it, so just to let's fact check real quick. It does have four little feet. It does. It does. And it does have a snout. Yes. So <laughs> your girl's got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that they call it the pangolin dress is because it actually resembles these scales that cover a pangolin's skin. So what I mean by that is that this dress, um, not just a dress, it also comes with a cap that has all these little sensors all over it, right? Just like the scales of a pangolin. And okay. it measures your brain waves. Based on your brain waves, the dress will light up. It will move based on how you're feeling. So you can kind of think of it. Yeah, you can kind of think of it as like a mood ring of sorts. So the garment will light up a slow, soothing purple if you're feeling calm. If you're stressed out, the lights flicker and little motor-driven components jut out from the futuristic frock like animatronic wings flapping more frantically. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, it, and by the way, it's also a three D printed robotic dress. So, oh my god, I'm loving this more and more. I that is so cool. Yeah. So downsides: never wear it during a conference meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, they would. It's so important in business to have a poker face, and this would just give you yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately. It would be, you could, Or it would make people very aware of how good your poker face was so they could admire you all the more. It might be good in trainings to test how well you can handle yourself under pressure. And then you take Mm. it off for the actual meeting because you don't want the client to know. I like that. It's interesting, though, that they chose to do a pangolin dress and, like, have it be mood-based because are pangolins known for, like, shifting moods? Shifting moods? Yeah, like, is, is a... Is it based on a pangolin specifically because I know that they have like scales and stuff, right? But are pangolins also like drama queens? Like, <laughs> do they get like really stressed out really easily and just start flapping everywhere? Do they? I don't know. We like, got to put what? some brainwave technology on them and really get into that. If they're down, if they're down, I'm down. <laughs> okay. So. I'll, I'll let the pangolin community know. Yeah, let's talk with the Penguin community <laughs> and work this out. <laughs> when I found this designer, I thought this is such a good example of all the different types of technology coming together, especially down to the 3D printing. I mean, this is, it's very, very high tech, very futuristic stuff. Could you see yourself wearing any of these designs? I mean, from what you've described to me, absolutely. I don't know if I'd wear the spider one 
only because I would be concerned that I would forget that I had it on and, and try to hug one of my friends yeah. and just be like, ah, and like attack. But the other one, the pangolin one, the, I would, I think I would wear that. That sounds really neat. Something that's a little bit mood changing, but do you think if you wore that, you'd feel the pressure to be in a good mood all the time or like have a, a mood all the time? Would you try to shift your mood so that you could change your dress at certain types? I think that's a, a really good point. I think it'd be good at uh, monitoring, you know, if you have anxiety, monitoring that mm-hmm. and getting an explicit example of times when you need to start to check your mood and calm down a little bit yeah it also could be good for people who have trouble expressing their emotions and they could just communicate it visually through their dress that's true and it might actually help people recognize what their emotions are because there are quite a few people out there in the world that are have uh, trouble actually identifying their own emotions so possibly if it's a very accurate dress maybe it could help with something like that Yeah, absolutely. I recommend anyone to check this out. Again, the designer's name was Anouk Weprecht. So check that out. We're probably very wrong about. Sorry about that. But I like I I give you props. Thank you. She she spoke it with her spirit. (laughs) On, uh, you know, the topic of, you know, tech and uh, pushing fashion forward and maybe what the future of tech is. Uh, so there are a number of companies that are now putting their eggs in the basket of fashion via augmented reality. Mm. And I've seen this both on NPR, I've seen this on Forbes, I've seen this on a lot of different places, but especially as everyone's talking about making their own metaverse or being a part of a metaverse, uh, a number of fashion brands are looking to also be a part of those metaverses and you know, create their fashions in a digital realm only. Like, so they don't even necessarily exist in real life. The article that I was reading, um, again, I found this on both NPR and Forbes, this particular one. They were talking about how, as you said, Danny, that fast fashion creates a lot of waste in the environment and a lot of waste in the world. And one of the ways that these companies are trying to make up for that is by making digital clothes that Instagrammers... I say Instagrammers, but TikTokers, influencers can put on themselves via like app um, that they don't exist in life, but they are high fashion models Mm, that form to their body and interact with the light. And when I first saw these articles, they started popping up like a year or two ago. And I have a feeling that the the technology has come a long way since then, but... Yeah. What do you think of buying an article of clothing? And I actually went on the site back in the day to look at what it was they were talking about. And so you'd still pay quite a bit of money mm. for a piece of digital clothing that you could then like fit to your body. Is and it, it would just basically overlay? Is it? Do you remember if it was a subscription model? Like you get unlimited outfits for 30 a month or is it you're buying per piece of clothing? At the time, I believe it was per piece of clothing. I would think probably now someone has a subscription model, but I don't know. So Yeah, I, I could see people using this if it was a subscription model. If it's by per piece of clothing, you're right, that adds up very quickly. And what's the point? Because you don't actually own it in real life. So Yeah, I guess if you're going for really high fashion photography, it might save you from wearing like or having to rent extravagant pieces yeah perhaps but I don't I don't know that this is the answer quite yet yeah (laughs) 
they might have a few things to figure out, but that's my personal take on it. But yeah, uh, I agree. I guess it's, um, I mean, I have no problem with people doing this. Obviously, I think it's kind of a waste of money, but, <laughs> but then at the same time, okay, so let me break this down. Content creators do make money off of, you know, promoting designs and such. Sure. Or, you know, just looking good on Instagram. And they get sponsors for that. They get money for that. And I know that they have a lot of pressure to change outfits constantly, never be seen wearing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Environmentally speaking, it would cut down on on that impact. So that's good. Um, But you are still influencing that mindset of consumerism and constantly changing your outfits and staying on trends. So I think if you're explicitly saying that this is augmented reality, there's really no issues to it. Like, you know, spend your money however you want. But Mm -hmm. if you're not saying that, you're kind of misleading people to thinking that you're living this lush life of being able to afford crazy designer clothes and changing it all the time. And that inspires that mindset of, again, of consumerism and people. That is a very fair point that I... I don't know. That's that's an excellent, excellent take on it. Um, it's not necessarily solving the problem. It's delaying the problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not necessarily solving it. That is a that's a really interesting one. Um, I do think it's rather unique, I suppose, this idea or this time of having a real person wear digital clothing. Yeah, I think that's fascinating that's it's like making yourself into your own avatar yeah so that to me is that's that's very very interesting there's another like I would say more more realistic or more down to earth uh immediate usage that's coming out now according to Vogue and that is just using augmented reality to try on to buy in real life so you can digitally try on your clothes see how they fit, and then actually order the clothes if you like the way they look on your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually really cool and really useful. Um, I I like using augmented reality for shopping. I did it on Amazon recently. I was buying a rug, and it Mm -hmm. lets you scan your room, and it virtually places the rug in your room, and I got to see that it matched with everything, and it was great. And now I have that rug in my living room. It looks good. So I can definitely see the benefit of that and of actually using yourself as the model to try on these clothes. Yeah, I don't think that there's any companies that are doing that. I mean, I could be very wrong, but I don't think that's like a regular thing yet. I would not mind if it was. Yeah, So agreed. Again, including privacy laws that say that they can't just use your image as you're using it for augmented reality for whatever they want or use it for you know, scrape data from it other than things to make the technology better. I do think once again, it comes down to privacy. We need that. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. otherwise, I love it. I like the idea of, you know, I think it would make online shopping a lot easier, especially when you consider, I don't know if you, have you ever tried shopping on an online marketplace like Amazon for like a shirt? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And do you ever notice the ridiculous proportions of the models oh, that are absolutely. definitely not real? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it really, really hard to know what is actually going to look good on you and also how a shirt is going to hang. Mm-hmm. So if they could have realistic representations of that, I think that would make shopping just way easier across the board. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. This kind of leads into um, one of the stories that I found. So this article was about... Uh, a company called Deep Agency, which provides a way for customers to create kind of a digital twin of yourself. So you upload about 20 photos of yourself in various different poses. And this allows you to, uh, you know, change the clothing on your body and see yourself in different types of clothing. So Hmm. again, I could see that being useful for seeing exactly how something would look on your body, especially with online shopping. You know, it's really annoying to return things. You know, no one likes to take their time out of the day and do that. So I do think that aspect of it is cool. Backing up just a step here, Deep Agency, the main purpose for this technology is to actually create AI models for brands to use. So just general models. Um, Yeah. So if they want, you know, a blonde girl, a brunette girl, they can generate these models, put their clothes on these models and almost like AI art, they can create that okay. with these with their own clothing, right? So, so they don't need clothing models anymore. Exactly. Yep. So that's the whole idea behind it. Um, and one downside of adding, you know, images of yourself on these platforms is that if unless you explicitly delete that virtual twin of yourself after you use it, then it will use that data in the training data for the platform to create these AI models. So you might actually become an AI model without intentionally meaning to do that. This is what I mean about privacy laws. This is exactly what we need. We need to make that like really obviously Mm -hmm. like, would you, it needs to be an opt-in, not an opt-out. Yep. It's in the, well, it's in the terms and conditions. Yeah, which we've already established. I'm the only person on the planet that reads It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and so I think it definitely, we just need better laws to protect people and let them know, like always, always have it be an opt-in. It should never be mandatory. It should never be uh, a thing that people automatically sign up for. It is your likeness. You know, we talked a bit about, you know, likeness protection, even in the deep fake episode, mm-hmm. like that's your likeness. You shouldn't just be accidentally signing it away. That's not fair. Yeah. It, like, it's just not fair. <laughs> agreed. It should be opt-in and you should be compensated for it. As of this article, they had no intention of compensating, you know, doing any sort of revenue share for their sources where the training data was coming from. So one company that has embraced this type of technology with AI models is actually Levi's. Um, mm. So Levi's found themselves with an issue. They thought to themselves, you know, we need to have a little more diversity and inclusion you know so how would you solve that problem uh for their models uh-huh. just hire a di- more diverse <laughs> yeah like, that's that exactly how i would easy. solve it we've, <laughs> yeah. we've always thought to themselves no we're not gonna hire any diverse models in real life oh. we're just gonna create a simulation of them and add that to our website so oh yeah nice that, little that, was, that was my next guess yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I thought that was funny because they acknowledged the problem and then aren't Didn't aren't actually truly solve it. Yeah, yeah, it just feels a little icky. I don't I didn't like that. Um I could agree with that. Yeah. And I should mention 
They also said that they had no intention of uh, pausing hiring real models. This was just in supplement to what they're already this doing. Is, I see. So this is Levi's. Um, so they're still using real models, but instead of actually making their casting more diverse, uh-huh. they're just adding in diversity with fake models. Yes, that is correct. That is the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> stupid. That is like, that is... Wow. I don't know who was in charge of that decision. I'm certainly not against having um, necessarily, if they're digital models or any kind of good, I'm not against having digital models. I'm certainly for having even diversity in digital models, you know, that still thing that it shouldn't, um, like that's a thing that should be included. But yeah, just like freaking make your cast of like real life models more diverse. It's that simple. Yeah, you would think so. And I should mention. not hard. (laughs) Agreed. And I should mention that this was just my interpretation of the article. This is from entrepreneur.com. So you can go read it yourself and make your own conclusions. But that was that was my take on it. I know that I always bring things back to the dark side of technology, um, but it is definitely hard to ignore the elephant in the room with AI models, because if companies primarily switch to AI models on their platform, you are putting out real-life models and photographers and studios uh, from jobs. You're keeping them from jobs. So just one more thing to keep in mind when we are discussing all of this. Uh, yeah, that is actually something that, <laughs> oh boy, I have been complicit in. <laughs> so not necessarily with uh, models or anything like that, but one of my previous jobs was recreating 3D furniture so that we could put oh. in, you know, uh, 3D, fully 3D scenes that looked photorealistic so that they wouldn't necessarily have to bring on people to take real pictures of things. Uh, so that is, I believe, just the way that the future is going. Everyone wants to go 3D. It's going to be a lot less photography in general. I don't know how I feel about it, but it is, you know. Well, obviously, you're pro. You're pro putting models and, and furniture out of jobs. Uh, Just at the say time, it. At the time, I was pro working <laughs> in 3D and eating food. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that's just the thing. It's, it's, it's doggy dog world these days. Yeah. AI, you kind of just got to jump on board with AI because it's not going away. It is, it is just definitely one of those interesting things whenever technology goes through a shift and then old... Um, older professions get replaced to then be like they become very niche and then you get Mm -hmm. like sort of top people in those professions will still be recognized but it won't necessarily be the huge commercial venture that it was before i think uh yeah ai is definitely that's the the next step there but 3d has definitely been taking over things for a while and that's not slowing down so it's true it's true yeah um another realm where 3D fashion can be found is actually in Roblox. So are you familiar at all with Roblox? I do have a passing familiarity with Roblox. Do you want to define for the listeners what Roblox is? So from my understanding, Roblox is a sort of overarching company that deals in experiences that are basically video games that their users create and play within their platform. They have a fake currency called Robux, which can be 
uh, converted into real world currency at an extremely discounted rate. <laughs> um, and in general, people form teams, they make games, they play the games. And that is my understanding of what Roblox is. Yeah, very accurate. I honestly, I was not really familiar with it until I experimented with it this morning for the pod. Uh, but it's pretty massive. In 2022, it reached 60 million daily active users and billions of dollars of commerce happens on the platform. So definitely not something to be ignored. And there are brands and people that are taking advantage of Roblox within the fashion industry. So Carly Kloss is one of them. She's a very well-known model, used to be a Victoria's Secret model. Okay. Um, she has since moved into the world of tech and in combining the industry with tech. So she actually pushed out, um, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it, an app or a game on the Roblox marketplace store. A world? Um, a, a world, I don't, I don't uh, know. an experience. An experience. Uh, I think they call them experiences. Okay, an experience uh, called the Closet. So a little play on her name there. Closet corset? Oh, 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 there we go. Carly Kloss, Carly Kloss, Carly Closet, Closet, as in closet. Do you get it? I I got it now. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. It's K-L-O-S-S-E-T-T-E, I believe, normally, and then it's the closet. Yes, exactly. So fancy, the fancy closet. I get it. It just took me a great long moment, but I'm here. I'm with you. I'm paddling <laughs> down this boat. So Okay, good, good. So when you enter the closet, you create an avatar. You can customize it, customize the hair, customize the clothes, everything. It takes you on this very, honestly, obnoxious tutorial where <laughs> it just keeps ding, dinging at you, making oh. this really horrible noise that I couldn't figure out how to shut off. I don't know what it wants me to do. Uh, all right, well, this is a nightmare. <laughs> oh. Until you, until you do what it says. It holds you hostage against oh, this wow. noise. It's like you have um, to listen to this. <laughs> you have to go through the tutorial. So I did it, right? It made me create a look. You can layer up as many clothes as you want. So you pick your model out. You pick out a scene for the photo shoot. Mm. And then you send them off to the runway. And then when you get to the runway... Users can vote on their favorite designs, and the best designs get displayed in this like gallery, universe, whatever, right? Um, there's also a catalog where you can buy designs using either closet coins, I think I think that's what they're called, mm-hmm. um, cl- closets, or Robux. So I was very confused by the whole thing. Um, if you bought it, if you bought an object in Robux. I guess it would transfer it to the rest of the Roblox platform, right? So if you bought it with closet coins, you can keep all the stuff for your avatar. You can only wear it in the closet. So wow. that's like a, a type of currency within a currency within a currency. We're getting yes. like into like currencyception because people also are spending real money on the Robux currency. Mm-hmm. And then what are they doing? Spending real Robux to get the closet currency? Uh. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you can go either way with it, really, but it does start you off with a few closet coins, so I was able to purchase, without using real money, uh, a very, what did I, I purchased 
some horns or something, you know, some weird. You got to have horns. Like, yeah. Horns are classic. <laughs> like you, you just got to. <laughs> you got to have horns. So I, I bought those, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good first pick. Ran out of money pretty quickly. So oh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I would have had to invest actual money. Or you can also earn rewards while you're in the closet by, say, adding five friends, you know. Oh. And you, you get coins for that. If you if someone, if you win the fashion show, you get coins for that. So there are rewards that you can use. Um, but I will say that I was very underwhelmed by the experience as mm. a whole. I, I was in. I was out. I kind of thought it would be more you do the designing you create almost drawing designs or sure I don't know it was more about putting looks together at least mm. from what I experienced with it so you know it was a little underwhelming um I did like the creativity within it but it was I'm not really sure who would be playing this frequently and mm. I can't imagine adults playing this yeah I think from what I know about rope Roblox, something like, and I might be misquoting, something like 80% of its player base are children. So mm-hmm. that makes sense that you said that. They're probably designing it for children. So, yeah. Uh, and, but that said, like, I, I've long wanted to create like fashion games and fashion apps where you design your own things and, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I think that would be super fun. It, it's, you know, I am kudos on trying it though. <laughs> so, oh, th- yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to talk about it. And, um, Carly Kloss also spoke very highly of it. She said that she envisions a future where a designer could present their collection on Fashion Kloss set and have hundreds of thousands of people engage, say what they love or what they will buy. And for the brand to be able to take that real-time data to actually influence decisions about what gets made. This could also reduce the waste associated with overproduction by helping designers understand the demand for their work. So, could be some good intentions in there. Obviously, this, you know, she'll be making money from this platform. Yeah. Like, of course she's going to talk it up. It's her product. But. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But here's my question. Did everyone look like square and blocky, though? Because that's not really going to be a very accurate representation of fashion either. They were actually oddly hourglass shaped, but oh, v- very uh, thick in the booty. Really? <laughs> okay. Like hourglass, but very inflated on the bottom. Okay, so for all very your strange proportions for all your uh, your wide booty, slim waisted needs, you go to <laughs> Roblox for fashion. Yeah, uh, I did see on VogueBusiness.com also uh, Gucci and Vans launched the f- their first co-branded Roblox world. Apparently, they each had their own presence on Roblox, but they're they're teaming up now. So I am aware that this is a thing now. You know, like you said, Roblox has it's gigantic. It's a gi- gigantic company. According to the video I watched at the time that they published the video, it was worth the financial equivalent of seven Ubisofts, something along wow. those lines. So, uh, so what, what are your thoughts then on Roblox fashion? So I think first of all, like you said, more and more brands are tapping into this and they want to be a part of this. So it'll definitely be growing. Um, I do think the kids aspect of it is a little strange, right? But then at the same time, um, 
it, is it any different really than buying dolls or dressing up Barbies? Because you're also buying fashion for those dolls. True. There is a, I think I mentioned the YouTube video. It was an investigative piece on Roblox. And it is by People Make Games. And there is a two-part series. And it's called Investigation, How Roblox is Exploiting Young Game Developers. And then there was a follow-up after Roblox asked them to take up down the video by citing several inaccuracies without actually being able to state one. <laughs> so it is one of those things that definitely... I think it's a concern. I think fashion long has a history of exploiting people. I would hate if they just turned to outright exploiting children on this platform, which might already be exploiting children. Uh, I think it is problematic in the terms that there is apparently a stock exchange on Roblox. There's a Roblox itself is sort of apparently, according to this video, according to this piece, it is selling a dream of essentially getting rich uh, for kids on their games, but then there's this whole rabbit hole of how hard it is to do that and that you have to spend a lot of money to make it happen. And then they don't have a lot of protections for children <laughs> on the platform. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's kind of a mess. So I am hesitant. If fashion is putting their eggs in the Roblox basket, I don't like it in the terms of if that, if that piece is accurate, then I think that they're just moving into possibly a different form of exploitation. And I'm yeah. not super into that. I know that it's fashion's like MO in, right, in history, right. but I don't think that's one we need to take with us. I think we need to move into a better future for fashion. So that's, that, that, that is my take there. But yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of it. Honestly, I, I think the kid aspect of it is problematic. Mm -hmm. If you are targeting this to adults, so say really solid virtual reality something like ready player one is yeah. available one day in the future mm -hmm. everyone's in vr obviously you're gonna have fashion in vr so oh, at some yeah. point this could be marketed to adults and then i think it makes a lot more sense i mm -hmm. think i'm open to it i'm open to it but i do think right now there's cause for concern yeah i'm 100 open to virtual fashion so that's uh, I just want them to do it responsibly. I want there to not be a dark side to it. I don't want yeah. to have to cover a dark side to it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I want responsible digital fashion. You know, we have this chance to sort of start anew. So let's do it and let's do it right. You know? And, uh, I mean, you and I have been into digital fashion for ages. Do you remember modding the Sims? And Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I thought this was going to be when I opened up the closet. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I could go pixel by pixel and create a little design. But yeah, both uh, basically all of us, all the girls in our family, we used to create textures for characters in The Sims One and The Sims Two. So speaking of then experiences, and well, mostly just the word experiences. But yeah, it's time to see what our audience has experienced and what sort of questions they may have. I actually love this part. <laughs> so Me too. It's my favorite. Thank you so much to everyone who is writing into us. We do have a couple audience questions today. The first question is about specifically Back to the Future 2 and our thoughts on what their version of 2015 looked like. I forgot that it was even 2015 that they were referencing. 
<laughs> I haven't watched this movie since I was a small child, so I don't really remember it. We'll just yeah. refresh our memories right now. Uh, so we just watched a clip from Back the, to the Future 2 where Marty McFly is first like being exposed to, tw- to the wonders of 2015. <laughs> right? Yeah. He has a sort of holographic, like iridescent, 90s color, bold baseball cap on. And he's walking around these streets with flying cars and something that really does look like a Tesla sort mm-hmm. of driving by. Um, and the movie came first. So I can only assume that Tesla was inspired <laughs> by the movie. But yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, they have a hol- what you you thought the holographic Jaws was very impressive, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, a 3D projection of a shark coming out to bite him. Mm-hmm. It was so realistic that he yeah. So Ducked. realistic, yeah. And then uh, obviously an ad that just popped up in the background, customized, I believe customized to him. I couldn't quite hear what he was saying, mm-hmm. but it, it was definitely like looking at him, yeah. talking to him. And then of course he walks by an antique shop as a juxtaposition and then sees all the CRT TVs in the window because, mm-hmm. you know. So let's talk about 2015. What do you yeah. remember from 2015? Oh man, that was so long ago, 2015. So long ago, I can't even do the math. What's that, eight years ago? <laughs> yeah, something like uh, that. Oh, man. Um, so 2015, I remember it was the year of MMOs for me. I think I want to say I was playing like Final Fantasy 14 or something along those lines. And there's probably a really good reason I can't remember a lot. I was in kind of a land party house and we were doing a lot of drinking. That's 2015 for me. I don't recall okay. flying cars. <laughs> you I, missed them because you're in your house. That was probably it. I was very much <laughs> a touch body. grass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just needed to do it back then. So I'm going to do it now. There's no grass around, but I'm going to spiritually touch some grass here and yeah. then, uh, and then project it back into the past of 2015. But so yeah, I missed the flying cars. I missed the holograms. I do remember Hatsune Miku was pretty big at the time, and she's kind of holographic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting the years a little mixed up, but so she would be projected, for those that are unaware, on stage, and people would go to see her in concert. She was a completely digital, uh, anime-style, 3D character, and her entire voice, they were her and her crew, they were known as Vocaloids. And they would have completely like auto-tuned AI-generated voices. Yeah. So at the time, that was actually a technology. I feel like they were not terribly far off. I'm not seeing it pop out on the streets yet. But as we move into a future here with potentially augmented reality glasses and things like that, mm-hmm. I could see it happening. <laughs> What about yeah. you? <laughs> Agreed. I I don't think it was too far off, actually. Um, I think, you know, at first glance, it's kind of funny seeing the take on it because they, they make us look much more impressive than we actually were at 2015. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the premise behind it, the 3D improving, the holograms developing, the advertisements, as you say, being customized and... Um, just information stimulation everywhere you look. I think all of that has very much come to fruition. And, you know, we don't have hover hover cars, flying cars. I'm not exactly sure if that's what was going on there, but we don't have that. But, you know, we have a pretty solid subway in some cities. And I don't know. It's just it's not we don't have exactly all the same technology, but it's not so far off. Yeah, I think 
there's also like hoverboards are famous right from that movie. So skateboards essentially with no wheels that you can hover on and possibly go over water and, and various things like that. We obviously don't have that technology. And yes, that would be cool. I am on the on board with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think one of the interesting things about that movie is that they almost looked without like without being the grander scale of the world. They're like, the entire world's going to change and you're going to be looking everywhere and things are going to work exactly like now, except billboards will be like custom tailored to you. And instead we have sort of billboards, but it's all on a tiny device that Mm -hmm. we hold. So it's more like within all of those things like exist. I feel like it's just within a tiny computer that we hold. And that's how we, we see the world in some way through that. So I do think their predictions were, accurate in a lot of ways just not in the actual presentation of it yeah agreed so we do have one more question this comes from another viewer who asked what do you hope to see from fashion in the future oh this is a good one i'm gonna turn it to you first danny what do you hope to see from fashion in the future? <laughs> you can't you can't uno reverse me i just did i played that card it's here you and did. you can't play a reverse on a reverse so do it <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um Actually, I, I think, think you can <laughs> Mm, check the rules um i think that all the developments with uh improving fashion for the sake of the environment i think all of that is really really exciting to me i think also the customization of things is very exciting to me so printing out exactly what you want to wear exactly what you envision and also the light up dress the color changing dress really inspired me. I would love to wear a mood dress that just changes colors throughout the day. It'd be so cool to be able to point at an outfit and, you know, just pick red. No, I want to wear blue today. I think I'm wearing green. Maybe it's not even based on mood. It's just, you know, something you can change at will, like an avatar in real life. I think that would be really, really fun. I agree with you wholeheartedly on all of those points. I think that is awesome. Um, for my version of this response, I'll put my my Jolly Roger glasses back on. <laughs> so, uh, so just slipping those right back on. Just uh, have to look cool for a response about fashion. But uh, one of the things that I think I'm looking forward to the most, I agree with you in like fashion customizability. I love the thought of getting things like I, the 3D printing thing is so exciting because I love the thought of things being fitted to my body because everybody is shaped differently and yet you know, commercial fashion tends to assume that everyone is shaped the same. And then they're like, oh, just go get it tailored, you know, which is not everyone has the time or money to do that. So I am definitely looking forward to just a more diverse range of body types being catered to potentially in the future of fashion. And I said my body, but I'm really not that selfish about it. I mean, everybody's (laughs) body, like let's fit everybody. (laughs) So, so I like that. I love the thought of like more eco-friendly materials. I did see, uh, there was some kind of post on Instagram and I tried to find it again, but Instagram's algorithm is, uh, it just disappeared it for me, Mm -hmm. but there was a post on a, some fashion company is figured out a way to remove or recycle the plastics from tri tri blend clothing. And I thought that was pretty exciting. So, yeah, just, like, general environmental, like, changes, I think. Yeah. Definitely welcome. Really cool. Thank you so much for everyone who sends those in each week. We do post them on Instagram at Sisters Processing. Always taking a poll before we film any episode. Yeah, and if we don't get to your question in the following episode, we may see it and get to it in a later episode. So it's still worth asking. 
I think. And now, Danny Dutch. Yes. I have a great many things mm. to confess. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell me, my child. <laughs> well, it may not be a great many things. It is two, but here we go. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like it's time for a correctional confessional. Oh! <laughs> The segment where we own up to any misinformation we may have accidentally given you in previous podcasts. And it may also just be information that we've caught. So if you catch anything, feel free to point it out. Uh, and we will we confess. Will try to, we will confess. <laughs> we will confess. <laughs> so for our first correctional confessional, Ariel, you have a little bit of a little bit of owning up to do. Yeah. Uh, so most of the stuff that I say on this channel is very off the cuff. I do sometimes have notes, but I very rarely glance at them. I think I have a very short attention span. So sometimes I say words wrong or I get like really excited and it gets all tangled up. So I just want to like say a few things. In one of the previous episodes, I can't remember if it was the last one or not, <laughs> but I was talking about Photoshopping and the history of Photoshopping. And that it has been around since the 1800s. People have been altering photos. And I said that I believed it was also called photoshopping. Incorrect. It was called, it was gen it's generally referred to as photo manipulation. Okay. <laughs> so that's on me. No, Photoshop, like as far as I can tell, same, they just same. named their program that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just a little interesting bit about photo manipulation in the past. Would you like to hear just like? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the Metropolitan Museum of Art had an exhibition on photo manipulation that spanned from the 1840s to the 1990s when, and this is now a quote, uh, when the computer replaced manual techniques as the dominant means of doctoring photographs. That was in the 1990s. Most of the 200 pictures on view were altered after the negative was exposed through photo montage, combination printing, overpainting, retouching, or as is often the case, a blend of several processes. Mm. In every instance, the final image differs significantly from what stood before the camera at any given moment. So it is actually a very old technology. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so essentially taking what Photoshop does and just doing that manually in real life. Yep, with a whole bunch of tricks that they would use, and uh, this and. To weave sort of into the modern concerns with AI and AI creating essentially its own photo manipulation to make things seem like they happened, but even though they didn't happen, we've seen it a little bit with like sort of the fake news, like political pictures and things like that. Are you, do you know what I'm, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the pictures of Trump getting arrested and the, the, Pope, the Pope wearing a really excessive jacket at <laughs> I did not see that one I, it I, sounds fun is this more fashion and tech is it like yeah the kind of kind it of was accessory? just okay. uh like a, a an AI picture of the pope wearing this big old jacket and everyone was <laughs> lo uh, loving it just thought it was okay. real a lot of memes uh, came from it okay okay um well that apparently isn't new either something that I found out Back in the, the day, Pope wearing to big jackets. The Pope has just always been wearing big jackets. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like you're the Pope and you're, well, before you're the Pope, you're like normal. You're just some guy, right? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you become the Pope and it's just big jackets yeah. all over the place. All this tradition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It goes back thousands, uh, at least a thousand years. So, <laughs> this is the uh, corrections part. We're just adding this information. <laughs> oh, this part's truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so the whole sort of political propaganda that is 
a obviously not a new topic, but according to history.com, Stalin, Joseph Stalin, would actually have photos doctored to remove political enemies in an attempt to change the historical record. And that went all the way from like the 1920s to the the following decades. And uh, yeah, so that surprised me, actually. People would just be completely removed and they would have to go back and sometimes retouch photos as his political... uh, like alignments changed and so people were sometimes having to doctor the same photo several times and yeah just trying to rewrite history there so that is not not new so there you uh there you have that uh the second correction that I need to make and yes believe it or not this is only two this is number two uh and it's the last one don't worry (laughs) uh not saying that everything else I've said is 100% accurate I try but Uh, So feel free to call me out anytime and I'll try to correct it in videos. But Unreal Nanite can actually handle billions of polygons, not millions. And again, polygons are little um, squares that make up a 3D model. Nanite is the technology that Unreal Engine created to handle just apparently billions of polygons in a scene. So you can create really fantastic photorealistic scenes with incredible lighting and everything. Uh, So yeah, billions. Billions. (laughs) Billions. <laughs> Billions. Oh, wow. yes. Okay. Okay. So any yeah, other my... any other lies you've been telling us? Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna try to sneak a few more in there, <laughs> but as of right now, I can't think of any. Okay, so, okay. Okay. so yeah, just keep your eye out for the lie <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, um, thank you for those corrections. I do have one more oh. thing to say. This one's actually fashion related. Okay. Okay. Um, so some of you may notice if you are very attuned to detail that not only do I have incredible pirate fashion today, but also I have a coffee stain <laughs> on my sweatshirt and I'm just going to chalk that up to fashion. It's the fashion of the future. It's the fashion of the working individual, the person who stays up late at night. It represents time and dedication mm-hmm. and a lack of realizing that you spilled coffee all over your sleeve and then washed it and apparently it stained forever on your favorite hoodie. <laughs> so it's okay the audio listeners they wouldn't even know if you hadn't said that all right audio listeners I have a coffee stain on my uh, <laughs> on my sleeve and it's completely intentional shame completely shame <laughs> shame <laughs> yeah. so yeah if you are enjoying this podcast don't forget to follow and leave us five stars and like and do all those things and subscribe and if you don't do it for us do it for the moody penguins the ones that (laughs) are so fashion forward yeah (laughs) uh and thank you so much for watching sisters processing processing processing